So while the rest of the crew is getting seated, let's give them one more round of applause. That was so awesome. Very simple, but very well done. Thank you, Stacy, and for all those who worked with her. I know Stacy was, was very nervous, but it came off without a hitch. Where's Jess? Is she still in here? I know she was nervous about singing, but Jess, you nailed it. Good job. And I just happen to have a Christmas devotional with me today. Yeah, if you can give me just a few more minutes. Three slides, that's all I got. Christmas, you've heard this, it's the most wonderful time of the year. How many have heard that? There's even a song by that title. Can you sing that for us, Jess? The most wonderful time of the, of the year. It's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I will let the singing up to Jess, so. So, yeah, what an awesome production because what a special night that must have been. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I think even the world would mostly agree with that. But for vastly different reasons than we just heard about, for many in the world, it means days off school, days off work. Some companies shut down. They actually shut down over Christmas and bless their employees. For others, it means company parties, company picnics, Christmas bonuses, Christmas music, Santa Claus, gifts and presents. And for others, it means decorating the house. It means putting up a Christmas tree. Good food, lots of good food, turkey, ham, seafood, many other ethnic and cultural favorites. Folks often gather as families over the holidays, traveling back home from afar, family reunions, celebrating Christmas together, memories, reminiscing, Christmases of old. All that stuff. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And all those things, they're good. They're okay. And I am not in any way intending to diminish the enjoyment that all those things I just mentioned bring to people. It truly can be the most wonderful time of the year. However, you knew this was coming. We do need to be careful that those things, as good as they are, and others maybe we failed to mention, that they don't replace. And they don't overshadow the true meaning of Christmas, the real purpose of Christmas, the real reason for celebrating Christmas. These things that we mentioned, as good as they are, they leave you flat after Christmas. The week after Christmas is one of the most depressing weeks for people because they've so built up the hype of all those things we mentioned, and then they suddenly, they suddenly cease, and they leave us flat, and they leave us open to emotional downturn. I don't know if there are suicide statistics for after Christmas, but my guess is they probably increase, at least somewhat, when Christmas didn't really produce the hype that we were expecting. But the real meaning of Christmas does, and it's lasting. It's throughout the year. It's ongoing. It lasts for a lifetime. 
Someone came to our house. Indeed, someone came to our house on that first Christmas day. A very special guest. None other than God himself. God himself came to earth, visited earth on that first Christmas day in human form. Took on a fleshly body. A baby boy. Next slide. Galatians 4 says, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman. That's the event we were just presented with by the children's ministry. The woman, of course, is Mary. God's son, born of a woman, born of Mary. In a stable, in a manger, in Bethlehem, so long ago. That baby boy is none other than Jesus, who became Jesus Christ. Jesus, his human name, Christ, his divine title, Jesus Christ. You've heard the jingle, Jesus is the reason for the season. It's trite, but it's true. Jesus is the reason for the season. The world has forgotten this, or maybe it never knew it. But if there wasn't a Jesus, if there wasn't a skit, if there wasn't a nativity, a birth in Bethlehem, there'd be no Christmas. Christmas would just be another day, another season of the year. And basically, that's what the world has made it. The church cannot allow that to happen to us. Just explore this a little further. Next slide, please. Way back in Isaiah, the Lord, this is a, a prophecy. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And she will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Lord himself. The event the children so aptly portrayed for us, that was all of God. This was his design. This was his plan. This isn't something man dreamed up. There was a purpose to it. In this event, in this birth, in Christmas, there's a purpose. We're going to talk about that purpose more next week on Christmas Day as we celebrate Christmas communion together. But from this verse, the virgin will conceive a child. This is a prophecy about Mary. It's a prophecy given by God himself in Scripture through his prophet Isaiah 700 to 800 years before it happened. You've been waiting a little while for that prophetic word to come true? I bet you haven't waited seven or 800 years. She will conceive a child. The virgin will conceive a child. Now, wait. Virgins don't naturally conceive, right? Right, right, right. You still with me? I mean, I know the, foc the focal point was the play, but... <laughs> Thank you. So virgins don't naturally conceive. So this was supernatural. Someone is coming to our house was a supernatural miraculous event, not ordinary, not normal in any way, because he isn't ordinary, and he isn't normal in any way. He's the Lord Jesus Christ, but he had to come into the world as a baby boy. He had to completely identify with the human experience, be born as a baby boy, raised as a, as a boy into manhood. Someone is coming to our house, a supernatural, miraculous someone, a supernatural, miraculous event, the hugest in history, if hugest is a word.
the hugest in history. It was the first Christmas miracle. She will give birth to a son. As the children, or maybe I should say as the animals so clearly told us, the child or the son here refers to Jesus. His supernatural conception, his supernatural birth, his supernatural coming into the world, he was the very special someone coming to our house. God's son, Jesus Christ. And he came to much more than a manger and a stable in Bethlehem. He came to the world. He came into the world. That was his birthplace. But he came to the world. And he came for the world. He came to the house of mankind. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but live forever with him. Jesus is his earthly human name. But he has many other names, many divine names. Again, if we looked in Isaiah 53, he's called Wonderful. He's called Counselor, Mighty King, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And on the screen, Emmanuel. One of his divine names mentioned here in this prophecy is Emmanuel, which means God with us, which is extremely important. A very special someone was coming to our house into the world on that very special night, now well over 2,000 years ago, and it was none other, and this we need to know, it was none other than God himself coming to dwell among man, to live among mankind in human form. It was the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, God himself, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, along with all the other trappings that I mentioned, which bring so much joy. But this is what we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. The world has forgotten that. The church must not, and we must help the world understand that. The church must preserve this truth. Again, thank you to Stacy and the children's ministry, and Jess for the singing, and Steve for being the pastor. I knew he was always after my job, and now it's coming out. At this time, to close the devotional, Ron's going to play a song. You can sit and listen. You can sing along. It's a beautiful song. And then after that, we'll, we'll close out the service.